When a person trusts in Jesus and is indwelled by the Holy Spirit, there is a change. That change should be visible. Today on Drawing Near, we see how trusting Jesus changed the Ephesian saints and touched others. So open your Bibles and join us as we study Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 17, A Good Reputation. Before we read our scripture for today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father, we thank you for today. We thank you once again for your tender mercies, which are new every morning. You are abundant in mercy and grace. And we as sinners are so grateful for the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ and for the truths contained in the glorious gospel. Father, help us to understand the regeneration, the transformation, the change that is to take place in the believer's life once we put our faith in Jesus Christ and are indwelled by your Holy Spirit. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom and discernment. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, we read these words. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul is in prison, again for the gospel. Therefore, he is not able to witness the progress of the believers in Ephesus. So there are individuals going back and forth to Paul from various parts of the world, relaying to him how people are doing in the faith. Paul is a missionary, and he goes out and he sows seed, and he plants churches, and then he moves on. And he wants to know how these individuals whom he has invested his life in, how are they doing? And so someone comes to Paul, and they bear witness. They tell Paul how the saints in Ephesus are doing. And here's what he hears. He hears about their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all the saints. Evidently, what was going on in Ephesus was positive. And it was so positive that their faith in the Lord and their love for the saints gave them a reputation. It was visible. It was tangible. It was remarkable. If it wasn't remarkable, why mention it? Whoever was relaying this information, and we'll probably see a little later in the book, whoever's relaying this information isn't saying that the people in Ephesus are just doing okay. What they're saying is, Their faith in the Lord Jesus is visible, and their love for all the saints is visible. It's tangible. Now, we need to pause here for a second, because what we're looking at here is the fact that the church in Ephesus had a good reputation. In fact, years later, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, when the Lord Jesus is addressing the church at Ephesus, He says in verse 2 of chapter 2, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you have found them to be false 
and you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. So they have a reputation for faith. They live out their faith. Years later, as we've said, that looks like their deeds done in faith, their toil, perseverance done in faith, their intolerance of evil men, the testing of apostles and finding out those who are false, perseverance and enduring and not growing weary. All of that is in faith. Now, what do I mean by in faith? We don't endure the rigors of the Christian life if we don't have faith that Jesus Christ is who the Scripture says He is, and that there is a blessing or a reward, an inheritance, waiting for the saints who progress faithfully. What every believer should be after is not the praise of individuals. What every believer should be after is the testimony of one person, the Lord God, when we stand before Him, and hopefully He says of each one of us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Question before we go farther. Is anyone hearing of our faith in the Lord Jesus? When someone talks about us or about our individual churches, is anyone saying, wow, their faith in the Lord Jesus is amazing? What should our faith look like day by day? Well, first of all, it needs to be faith in the Lord Jesus, in what he has done, in what he is doing in our lives through the presence of the Holy Spirit now, what he is doing in the world now, and what he will do when he returns. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest thing, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. We stand on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that must guide our lives. Well, not only had Paul heard about their faith in the Lord Jesus, Paul also had heard about their love for all the saints. Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, let's face facts here. It is difficult to love people. Now, it's okay to love people, or it's easy to love people who are not in our lives very often. But the early New Testament church, these individuals were together a lot. We talk about the church being family today. They literally were family. The persecution, the tribulation, the trials that that they endured, the newness of their faith, the lack of distractions from television and computers and internets and recreational activities, it forced them to draw in and to be a community of believers. When you're that close, there can be friction. There can be division and disturbance. Jesus calls the church to love one another. We see that kind of love in Acts chapter 2 where they prayed together, they continued in one accord in the apostles' doctrine, they broke bread from house to house, they sold property and gave to all who had need. There was an intense love, and the Ephesian saints' love for one another was visible and tangible. But we need to note, back in Revelation chapter 2, after what we just finished reading, In verse 4, Jesus says of them, 
But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Evidently, their love cooled off. Now, many people wonder if Jesus is talking about their first love for God, they become kind of uh, cool. Now, that's difficult to understand when Jesus says, I know your deeds, your toil, your perseverance. Uh, You have endured, you have tested, you can't tolerate evil men. It's hard to imagine that their faith had waned. Maybe Jesus is just simply referring to they no longer are as loving toward one another as they're supposed to be. We are told in Scripture that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, primarily, and our neighbor as ourself. This idea of having faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all the saints, it goes hand in hand. It is difficult, probably impossible, to have a mature faith that is not lived out in love. And we need to make sure we understand this. Faith is not something we experience in our heart only. Faith must be expressed. James tells us, faith without works is dead. Well, Paul hears of their faith. Paul hears of their love for the saints. And he says that I do not cease to give thanks for you in verse 16. He gives repeated thanksgiving to the Lord. He doesn't just say, well, I'm thankful for that. Rather, he goes to God in his prayers, and while in his prayer time, he repeatedly gives thanks for the church at Ephesus and for the outpouring of their faith and love. He doesn't stop doing that, making mention of them specifically in his prayers. Can I say this really quick? We need to be specific in our praying. We need to not simply say, oh, Lord, bless everybody. But we need to pray for individuals. We need to pray for specific groups. We need to take the time to pray intimately and clearly, specifically. Paul does that. We see that in so many of his letters. Paul does that. And after giving thanks, he prays this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, let's start at the first part of verse 17. He is describing God as the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the relationship between Jesus and and God the Father? We're told in John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. It says the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word. On down in John 1, verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word of God. He is God. And yet in verse 17, Paul describes God as the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what we have to understand here is our understanding of who Jesus is, is that Messiah, that teacher, that Savior who walked on this earth and died on the cross. That individual, that Lord Jesus, or that side of the Lord Jesus, went to the Father, learned of the Father, 
prayed to the Father, obeyed the Father. And so God the Father is the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is also described in verse 17 as the Father of glory or the glorious Father. Isn't that an amazing thing? The glorious Father. Do you think of God as glorious? Do you think of him as full of glory? We need to. We need to understand more and more what that word glory means. He is glorious. He is full of splendor. Well, what Paul is asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, to do is this, to give the saints in Ephesus the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, when he says that he gives you the spirit, I believe with all of my heart, he's literally saying that he gives them the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is already indwelling them. We saw that in our last study. The Holy Spirit is already there as a seal, a guarantee, a down payment of eternal life. Paul is asking for is that the Holy Spirit would be more dominant, that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, which would result in wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul wants the believers in Ephesus, he wants them to be filled with the wisdom and revelation of Jesus Christ. He wants them to know Jesus better. He wants them to know Jesus in the richness of wisdom and in the richness of revelation, that God would just reveal Jesus to them more and more, and that they would be able to live out their lives having come to know Jesus more intimately in wisdom. We cannot do this in the flesh. We cannot do this by utilizing simply our own intellect, our own reasoning power. It is the Holy Spirit who must reveal Jesus to us more and more. We must walk in the Spirit. Later on in this very letter, Paul is going to say, be filled with the Spirit. So he's praying, may the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul wants the saints in Ephesus to live even bolder or more completely in their faith. He wants them to love more deeply, more richly. We must all continue to press on to grow up in the faith, to grow up into Jesus Christ, who is our head. That's the point of living on this earth, that we would continue to mature and become more like Jesus day by day until that time when either through death or through the rapture, we come to enter into the presence of Almighty God in eternity and become like Jesus perfectly. Where are you in this? Is your faith remarkable? Is it visible, tangible? How about your love for the saints? Are you growing in the wisdom, in the discernment concerning Jesus Christ? It's a Holy Spirit at work in your life, making Jesus more and more known to you so that you can grow deeper and deeper. Have you become casual or complacent? What about your prayer life? We see Paul's here. Who are you giving thanks for? 
Who are you praying for? Are you specific? Father in heaven, help us not just to gloss over or pass over these kinds of questions. Your word tells us that we need to judge ourselves, examine ourselves so that we would not be judged. We need to make progress in the faith, and we can make progress in the faith. I ask, Lord, that you would simply help us, convict us, correct us. We know you do these things through your holy word. That's why we give so much time and attention to its study. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If our faith is to grow, we must grow in the knowledge of your word. Love? The only way I know we can grow in love is to come to know God who is love better and better. Jesus, who is the perfect expression of God's love, better and better. And then to pray and to walk in the Spirit that we might be conformed to that type of love. Oh, Father, help us to do this. Help us to see the need of it. And help us not to grow weary. Father, as I read in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus simply said to the church at Ephesus, Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent. And do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place, unless you repent. Then he says in verse 7, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. O Lord, help us to have ears to hear. Help us to repent where we need to repent. Help us to press on and to continue to grow. Work in our hearts and lives in this way. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.